Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey, the largest workers' compensation law firm in Pennsylvania. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. Even better, Pond Lee Hockey doesn't charge a dime until you win. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Welcome in, everyone, to another edition of The Labor Show with J-Doc and Krause. Good to be with you here today. And J-Doc on the road again for another one of our labor leader spotlights and our union spotlights. And coming into the show today, I couldn't help but not remember our time together. I guess it was two or maybe three years ago now where we gathered on the campus of Temple University for what was a full-blown DC 33 uh, membership event. And man, was it amazing to be there. And that sets the tone for me coming into today's conversation. Yeah, Joe, and I'm ecstatic to be here at District Council 33 with Ernest Garrett, president of of DC 33, and Frank Halper, secretary treasurer of DC 33. And you're, you're so right. And I'll tell you, that was a passionate, that was, there was a negotiation going on, and what I remember most is the strength that the leadership uh, had at that meeting and the confidence that the members have behind them. One of the things that, you know, in these situations, these were our frontline workers, okay, and leadership is what makes our Philadelphia area labor community the most, the best in the country. Well, it doesn't get any better than it does right here at District Council 33. One of the things I remember about that event and it was unbelievable first of all man uh, you know the, the, it was a passionate group packed the Leacour Center okay but I remember how big a lot of those members were they were some of the biggest people I've ever seen in my life like strong like strength and it's 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 funny but when you when, you know you look at the you know Ernest Garrett okay if I was going to pick somebody who was going to be leading that group of members Ernest Garrett is would be at the front of that line. Of course, Frank Calver as well. And so, um, you know, there's great leadership here, Joe. I love being on the union tour, no question about it. Frank Halber got me a double XL. Now, I got big biceps, Joe, so I'm hoping I can get that over my over my arms. But uh, really just awesome to be here and, and can't wait to start the show. You know, one of the things I hope comes away from this program, and we, we, we sometimes often say it, but, you know, for... For the value and the benefit of the program that we're about to deliver to the listening audience, I really do hope that the public has a better understanding about who makes up DC 33. Who are the workers? What they do. What they do, why they do it. And then most important, and this may stop you in your tracks, what they're paid by the city to do it. Well, it's amazing. We talk about essential. We'll talk about that. Too. Oh, yeah. Essential workforce. This isn't just in COVID terms, okay? This is, and so what do you hear? If, ladies and gentlemen, uh, stay tuned for this broadcast because what you're about to learn will stop you in your tracks. When you, you talk about great leadership, you're going to meet that great leadership uh, during the broadcast, but you're going to hear the facts, the bottom lines, and all those things. You'll learn a lot more about our, our blue-collar workers, our District Council 33 members, than you could have ever known or imagined after this show is over. It's the Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause. As we roll on here, we'll take our first commercial break. Ernest Garrett jumps in the big chair with J. Doc when we come back. 
The best way to describe Anthony, David, and Jane are that they're my brothers. I met Anthony at LA Fitness because I noticed that he had a Teamsters bag and his dad was a Teamster leader. I'm a third generation son of labor. My grandmother worked in a factory. My mother and father were both Teamster members. I don't think there's a trade that I don't have a family member in. What's so big for me coming from a union background is what affects one member affects the entire membership. A lot of people can relate to the issues that individuals deal with. We pride ourselves on empathy. The big value that's always instilled in you if you grow up in a union household is the importance of brotherhood. People that lean on each other, that rely on each other. When we were building this business, having that background and knowing what matters most to the union members is really what we use to drive and build out Retiree First. Welcome back to The Labor Show with Jay Doc and Krause. We've got a fantastic show. Uh, ecstatic to be here at the offices of DC 33. Uh, like we said, Joe, uh, happy to bring in uh, Ernest Garrett, who's the president of DC 33. We're going to welcome uh, Frank Halver later in the show. Ernest, how are you? I'm good, and you? Uh, couldn't be better, man. It's great to be back here. So much going on in the city. Um, one of the, Obviously, um, what I'd like to do is... Um, so we've had several broadcasts, but I want to remind our listeners a little, you know, you represent a, 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 a large workforce, okay? Um, talk about the, you know, the, the, the size of the uh, District Council 33 workforce and the different unions involved. Okay, well, we represent around 10,000 men and women and their families. Uh, we represent everyone from the Parking Authority to the Water Department, Sanitation, Parks and Recs, Crossing Guards, um, airport workers, health department, uh, a Marriott of different entities. What's interesting is, um, at, you know, uh, coming from the building trades, I'm so used to having one collective bargaining agreement. And, and, and we, you know, we had, as in the, in the iron workers union, we would have our, our finishers and our, and our structural guys. Okay, but it was under the same um, umbrella. And I know a lot of your, your people are as well, but that's a large, diverse uh, group of, of, of different individuals with different jobs and careers and different challenges and issues that they deal with every day. I mean, one of the things um, that I think about is how are there different, um, uh, do you have to be on top of, uh, you know, understanding each trade that you're dealing with and do they have different issues? Are they separate contracts? Uh, so our correctional officers are under uh, interest arbitration. Our um, parking authority is under a different contract, and then the rest fall under District Council 33's master agreement. And so, uh, it's 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 a, uh, you know when we talk about a diverse workforce, um, let's talk about what are some of the current you know, priorities and, and, and situations at, at the forefront, because we've talked about it many times before. You're negotiating on behalf of 10,000 members in general, in the general public, on the front page of the newspaper. Um, any particular issues that are at the forefront? Right now is money. Money in the members' pockets. Uh, currently, we hold a reputation that we'd rather not hold, and it's uh, the lowest paid municipality in the country. Uh, our members are underpaid. And it's one reason why it's very hard and difficult to attract new membership. Um, our annual salary, that, that what people don't realize or understand, we average $40,000. So 
So our sanitation workers, our water department, sewer crawlers, um, the list goes on and on, and, and even lower, you know? So we average 40,000. We don't have a group that makes over, we have maybe uh, out of 272 different titles, only 24 of those titles make over $55,000 a year. Their average annual salary is 55000 So in America, how do you live? How do you achieve the American dream of home ownership or sending your kids to college with these type wages, right? You wonder why I could tell you of several records we hold. We've lost more kids to gun violence in the city than any other group of people, right? Because if you're, if you're tasked with working eight hours and then trying to pick up eight hours overtime just to keep a roof over your head, right. it's very hard to be there uh, in two places at one time. So a lot of our kids are left to, you know, be their own adults, right? Uh, there is no after-school activities because it's really kind of hard to afford them when you have to make a decision, do I keep the lights on or do I pay for baseball? Uh, certainly, I mean, it, it, that, that, that's shocking in a sense. And I think of um, the hard work. The, you're talking about an essential workforce for the city of Philadelphia, okay, that without, we'd be literally shut down in, in, in weeks, okay? You look at ac across the board, um, you, you mentioned arbitration with, with the um, correction officers. Mm -hmm. Okay, right, because they can't strike because otherwise nobody would be, I could be wrong about that, but I'm just saying that, you know, they, there'd be no one protecting the prison's number. But, you know, is that... Is that yeah, that, that's the sentiment. But, you know, sometimes you got to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah. Right? Sometimes you got to step out and uh, stand up for what you believe in. Uh, unfortunately, I hope this day never comes, but it may be a day where we have to tell our correction officers, you know what, you know, we're going out, right? Like, you know, can we continue to be, you know, treated like something you scraped off the bottom of your shoe? You know, so, you know, I'm not trying to forecast that uh, we may have to go to war, but the days of us sitting back waiting five years to be treated fairly uh, like we did under the Nutt administration... They're over. Well, it's interesting because I can't think of, you know, I, the leverage that, that the organization has, okay, the need that the city has for your essential workforce is, is unprecedented. I mean, the city unions themselves, you, the police, the fire union, obviously the blue-collar workers union, um, to say essential workforce is an understatement of the century. I mean, I say that as dead serious as possible. The panic in the city of Philadelphia that would happen if we weren't getting our trash picked up, if we weren't, uh, you know, if, 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 if there were, you, 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 you would not be able to handle it. And we talk about um, our, we've, we've talked about our, our um, the operators, the 911 uh, operators. Is that part of what, yeah, that's part of your organization. I yes. mean, you cannot get more frontline, more needed and more stress situations um, and, you know, in, in a sense, I appreciate what you're saying because um, when does the uh, contracts, uh, you know, is there, is, there, uh, is there a time when, when, when yes, they're up? Yes, June 30th of next year. Okay. June 30th of next year is when our contract expire. 
But one thing I don't want to, you know, gloss over is, you know, what we learned during the course of the pandemic is how much we're needed, oh, right? Yeah. Because when a lot of people were allowed to uh, separate, sanitation workers weren't. They, they were three, four men in the truck uh, moving up and down seven to 11 miles a day, you know, walking up and down these streets. And uh, no one knew what COVID truly meant or how it was going to affect people. And all of them came to work um, to provide a service. And still, a lot of them took that dreadful disease home, yeah. right? Uh, our, our sewer crawlers, you know, no one knew that COVID could materialize and aerosolize fecal matter. But a lot of our sewer crawlers crawled down in the sewer to make sure that the, 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 the pipelines would stay open so we could t- continue the comforts of our home. Um, and have drinking water and and have access to the very things that some people take for granted, like a shower, right? Um, our 911 operators, some of them had to put up cardboard barriers to stay safe because no one knew exactly how it was going to be spread or the uh, plexiglass was very hard to come by. So they put up plas- uh, cardboard barriers and continue to make sure that those much-needed calls from the 911 operators and our fire department, because we represent both 911 and fire dispatch, we made sure that those vital services stayed um, moving in the city of Philadelphia. When a lot of people were allowed to, you know, confine themselves in a one-person vehicle, right? Yeah. You know, so I, I hope that, you know, this... The city recognizes that. I hope that the new mayoral administration recognizes that and looks at, looks at everything, looks at all the years of us going without a contract, look at our pay scale, look at the cost of living in Philadelphia, look at 80% of our membership don't have the opportunity to own a home in a city in which this, that no one wants to allow them to live outside the city limits, Right? There are so many things that can be done to improve the quality of lives of these men and women that make a sacrifice to come here and work for these wages. I just think there's a lot that can be done. Well, it's interesting because every week now, now that obviously we've done a number of shows and, and, and um, I never thought of, I never thought about this, but when, when, you know, if you're a sanitation worker and it rains, Though, you know, I mean, that must be, I mean, you can barely, you know, I always try to empty my can and all that stuff. But if you, if you, if you filled up your, your trash can and, 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 and it rains the night before, I mean, it, it, you know, it take a, an Olympic weightlifter to, you know, to, to, to handle that, you know, the, 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 the cans. And so, um, you know, it, it is an incredibly, dif- an incredibly difficult, you know, job uh, along with the, the front line when you're dealing with 911 and in fire um you know your 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 lives are on the line almost every time you pick up the the phone the stress level how do you and and, and by the way how does that stress level you know how, how you know how do how do members uh, you know deal with that on on a daily basis because i mean my god you know uh, we've we've talked about work injuries and we've done a lot of um you know, we programs and stuff like that. Um, 
But, you know, if you're working in those environments, you know, and by the way, when we say work, we're talking about also illness that, that is generated on the job. Um, stress has to add to that, uh, you know, that potential. Um, how, to, how do members, you know, deal with the emotional stress of being that needed, that much pressure? Okay, because, you know, I'm not saying that somebody can't miss work. Everybody misses on occasion. But you have an entire workforce that knows that without them, the little, the, literally the city shuts down. What, what type of feedback do you get in, in regards to the stress levels that, that, that the members are under? So the, um, a lot of our members are under a lot of stress, and, and you know, that's part of the job. But um, we, we take these jobs voluntarily. Yeah. Right? Uh, no one is held hostage to come and be a public servant. We do it with pride. But if you want to talk about stress level, talk about how do you manage filling your refrigerator or paying your mortgage. Yeah. That's way more stressful, yeah. right? How do you how do you how do you you know come to work knowing I, I'm hoping that my child makes it home from school safely, right? That's stress, right? Um, coming here doing a job. That's what we have to do, right? You know, I'm sure if, if, if a lot more city workers were rocket scientists, we'd be sending spaceships to the moon, right? But we, we choose these jobs. Um, we're not, you know, forced to do them. We want to do them. I wanted to work for the Water Department after getting out the Army. Um, my colleague Frank, he wanted to work for PPA, right? You know? Um, shit. We know people every day that simply don't work at all, Yeah. right? You know, we've seen that with COVID. People are saying, shit, why go back to work? I can live off of nothing, right? So at the end of the day, you know, this is something that we choose to do. We just want to be respected while doing it. Having, and, and, and man, you know, that, that in a sense, I mean, I, that is information that is spoken as, as clearly as that. Okay, just can't get any more, you know, obvious that to, to, that that, the, that whoever the new mayor is um, should understand and have. I mean, that's a simple equation. How is somebody going to make it on forty thousand dollars and send their kids to school and pay the mortgage and get the groceries? Because it doesn't look like you know the groceries are going any, you know, and obviously pay your utility bills. Um, how is it, in a sense, you know, you've been doing, you know, you've been here for, like, three years now? Yes. Okay. Three years. And so, um, how, how is it, in a sense, negotiating in public? In other words, the pressure that, 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 that you have. Now, I know, I mean, and I always joke around. I even said, when you're not even in, talk about, you know, you look like you'd be playing nose guard for the Eagles if you weren't a, a labor leader, right? But the point is, you're, 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 you're representing 10,000 uh, folks, Okay, but you're negotiating in public. Okay, not many labor leaders have to do that um, with that type of, you know. I mean, we talk about pressure, and, and there's pressure on the member. I know you're a big guy with strong shoulders, but what is the difference in, in in every move that you make, every conversation that you have, could end up on the, uh, you know, on the front page of the of, of the daily news for crying out loud? Yeah, um, you know, it is what it is. You know, I do this. Because uh, I work with a lot of guys over the years, and um, I've seen what it's like firsthand to have a paraplegic child and live in a one-bedroom apartment and, and 
not make enough money to send her to her school during the wintertime and snow emergencies, right? I, 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 got, I got a thousand memories of people, you know, a guy's bringing peanut butter and bread to work, not because they wanted to, but that was lunch for the week, right? Peanut butter sandwiches. I, I, just, I don't really want to be in public and, and um, negotiate through public. I'd rather meet with the city officials and um, talk nicely and, and just, you know, show them, look, I'm not trying to be no thug. Right. But at the end of the day, if you can't see what's already needed, then I got to do what I got to do. It's a, it, 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 you said it in our first show, Joe Krause, uh, you know, who uh, obviously the two of us have been here and we've talked about this together. You don't want to strike, but you will if you have to. And your priority is to get, a, 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 you know, to give your members a living wage, okay, good working conditions and all those things. Nobody wants to go on strike or put their members through that or anybody else. But the fact of the matter is that, um, you know, you, you, you got to, sometimes you, you, you got to do what you got to do. And, and, and if, you're not, if you're not being heard, I'll be honest, I've been here right now in the middle of this show for 15, 10 minutes, 15, and I already couldn't imagine being a, pub, a public official and having that conversation. If it was me, I'd say, you know what, Ernest, hold on for a second. I'll be right back. And I'd go in the other room. Now, this is just me. After what you said, you're talking about, then I'd say, what is going on? Let's just say I came from another city and I just became the boss. Just what, how can these people live in, uh, under, you know, I'd, so I don't, I, your, your, your strength and what you do in representation of your members is, is not only welcome but needed and, you know, I can understand doing whatever you have to do uh, in representation of these members um, to to make sure that you give them something to lose. I remember Joe, uh, uh, Joe Krause and I went down to, um, uh, was, what was it, uh, Trump Taj Mahal, when they were, when they were, um, when Carl Icahn, I was actually on the uh, boardwalk and I was interviewing everybody on the, on the, on the picket line. And... Uh, Icon was trying to take their benefits away. They were making fifteen an hour, and the way they explained it was: "Listen, we're not. We're here for the benefits, okay? Because obviously, the fifteen dollars an hour, and you're giving us nothing to lose. So, in other words, we don't have anything to lose. Now, this is not that situation, but fact of the matter is, is that um, well, it's damn near that situation. Well, it's, it's amazing that you say it. You get, you get, you got a lot of rhetoric from a lot of po- politicians talking about, you know, we want a, a great, um, you know, p- p- you know, public services. Whoa, brother! Then give somebody something to lose. Give them something where they don't have to work an extra eight hours, ten hours, or just to make ends meet. There that must go. be a conversation that you have on a daily basis. Absolutely, absolutely. Allow them an opportunity to take care of them. Their families, oh yeah, and also have the American dream, right? Yeah. Overtime should be something that a person does when they want to take a vacation, or if, or if the holidays is approaching and they want extra money. It shouldn't be something that members are seeking on a daily basis just to provide a roof over their head. You understand what I'm yeah. saying? It wasn't meant to be that way, but um, you know, I could go out. I got. I just spoke to some of my custodial workers at the airport. You know, some of them are working 16 hours a day. That's incredible. Right? 
And 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 the reason why you know I I crossing guards, we're almost three hundred crossing guards shy of being able to cover all the the prospective areas in the city of Philadelphia, right? And and you know I don't want to put bad language out there about the city, but they know why. You know what I mean? They they it used to be a time the crossing guard was just a homemaker. She would come out there and make right. sure the kids got to school. Everybody loved her. You know what the crossing guards are now? They're almost like civil police. You know what I mean? You see the chaos in the streets of Philadelphia? Yeah. Right? When a school, when a shooting happens, they lock down the schools, lock all the kids in the school. Where do you think the crossing guards go? In front of the school, right? No, they ain't got nowhere to go. They're not let into the school. Really? No. You know what I mean? It's because they got to make sure any kid that's still maybe coming to school, maybe late, they still have to man that corner. You know, this, you, you talk about the shortages, right? So after the pandemic and uh, unemployment, everybody thought, well, people are going to be lining up and, and, and you know to get jobs, right? Now, we've talked about the, the, the issues having a shortage with 911 operators. Uh, and, 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 uh, but, you know, that didn't happen after the pandemic unemployment. A lot of really good employers are having a hard time hiring people. They, you know why? They can't pay them... Let me, let me, let me, if, if you teach a guy how to fish and he lives right next to the shore, he ain't going to the fish store no more. He going to go catch his own fish. What COVID did was allow people to say, I can live off of less. Why would I go slave? Right. Right. We're, we're at a place that's, that's not going to pay me anything. The pension plan is, you know, a guy got that, that's 19. He's not thinking about a pension plan when he's 45, 50, 60, right? He's thinking about how am I going to survive for the next 40 years, right? So you want me to survive off of, off of scraps? Yeah. So no, no, no. That's why, you know, a lot of our jobs, we, on a daily, we get people that leave city employment for the Picos and the Septas and the, and the other, uh, insta- you know, other opportunities. It's interesting, Joe. One, you know, we did those uh, those mayoral interviews with all the candidates, right? Had I known this, I might have sat there and said, you know what? I mean, and by the, it, it didn't. It wasn't a total theme, but it was a theme. I might have said, then, by the way, I'm not sure if you realize this, but you know, pay them, pay the pay the employees what they're worth, what they deserve. You know, certainly, you know, the strength you have, Ernest, and I, and I know they're in, you know, it, it, uh, as, as, as the labor leader here, uh, you know, these members are in great hands. Your passion, really, I, this is like the third show or fourth show we've done. I want to run through the wall like it's halftime at the freaking Super Bowl. Okay, mm-hmm. because, and, and you've put it so directly that, in a sense, I'm almost kind of shaken because I know my father was a labor leader. I know what you guys do, Frank. I know what you do, and, and, and um, you're on the front lines. Now I know why you, you ran for president. Now I understand, um, you know, what your, what your passion... I mean, I always knew that you, you were passionate about it, but when you, when you talk about that, those type of wages and these people working on the front line, they're such essential employees that literally, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of, you know, sometimes... When you're talking about the city workforce, it's a sense, you know, without, without that, 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 
you know, the branch, all the branches that you're talking about. Without your, your firemen, without your police, you have, you're in, you're in absolute distress. Uh, these workers on a daily basis are, wor- are working in the face of, of, of very difficult situations. And I do believe that you, you know, you're, you're, you're hitting right on the pulse of these things. And that's what's important. Um, Joe, we, we, we got four minutes left. Um, let's, let's, let's get into the, uh, the, the mayoral election. Now, oh, we got, do we have one more segment with Ernest? Or do, okay, all right. Let's talk about, um, you know, we have the mayoral election com- coming up. What's on the line? Um, so as of now, we have put our endorsement behind the Democratic uh, mayoral nominee, Sherelle Parker. Um, I've had a great relationship over the last three years with the Kennedy administration. Uh, they believe that she will carry on with that uh, same uh, attitude as it pertains to dealing with District Council 33. Um, she has said, you know, at our meetings and publicly, uh, she supports our sanitation workers. And, um, you know, um, we, we hope that to continue. You know what I mean? Because, you know, sanitation workers are no different than water department workers. They're no different than PPA. There's only one contract, and that's a District Council 33 contract. And if you take care of one, you take care of all. I believe that uh, I'm hopeful that she will, you know, continue in the footsteps of the Kenny administration because in the last three years, he has done things to move our uh, council in a, in a better direction. You know, he has helped with uh, the medical cost, ensuring us um, adequate medical. He has given us the money needed to provide adequate medical to our members. Um, he has worked on several things like septic key cards, you know, where, where our members, uh, he put a, a legislation in that will allow our members to uh, ride public transportation at no cost to them, right? Um, so there are a lot of good things that he has done. Sure. And uh, I'm a, I appreciate him for doing that. And uh, I hope she continues to do that. You know what I mean? I hope we can build a, a working relationship. I've known Sherelle for quite a while. Sure. You know what I mean? And I think that if we uh, get in a room, you know, during contract talks, we can um, come to something that we both can agree on that's helpful for the men and women of District Council 33 and also for the citizens of Philadelphia. The, it, you know, Obviously, one of the things that's interesting about the, this particular election coming up is, you know, it, it there's, there's a, a thought process out there that the election's already over, okay? And obviously, you win the Democratic primary in Philly, okay? And, you know, everybody can stay home, okay? David O's no joke. No. He knows he's, he's never been endorsed by a party or a labor community, and yet he's won every time. You know, he's, and, and he's a good man, and he's a hard worker, um, and, he knows how to, and he knows how to... Uh, run and and he knows how now. Cheryl Cheryl Parker is a winner across the board. She wins everywhere she goes. But taking this to uh, you know taking this election for granted, how do we let our members and the public know that this is not in the bag and that they got to come out and vote? Well, they definitely have to to come out and vote. But let me say something about um, David O. Right when we were going through our situation and dealing with COVID, David O. sent over. We still sent over a pilot yeah. full of masks, hand sanitizers, and um, he was very helpful when we were going through that time and we needed to be out there 
and be safe. Um, he is a friend of District Council 33. He is not who we uh, support in this mayoral candidate um, because her values for labor are a little bit stronger than his track record, right? So that's why we went with Sherelle. Um, but, you know, I hope, and, I, and I'm sure he will continue um, after this to do right by people. Sure. Because that's who he is. That is and he's he is. a veteran like myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? So um, what we're going to encourage our members is to go out and vote. Because voting is, is, is a necessary. We, we, it's, it's, it's very, very important to vote. You know, and we want all of our members and their families to go out and vote. You know what I mean? In this upcoming election. And and when and getting out the vote is such an important thing. And we've had such history in the city of Philadelphia. Uh, you know, we've had David O on the program also. You know, you know he is a good man. He's not your ter- ter- you know stereotypical Republican candidate who's just a talking head. He's a different different type of cat. Um, Sherelle, uh, you know, and, and she'll be on the broadcast fairly soon. Um, you know, certainly, uh, you, you know, she wins where she's successful wherever she goes. She's an absolutely good woman. Um, and, you know, so what's it? And she's going to be, you know, a great mayor if elected. OK. However, the one thing that's for damn sure is that this is not your 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 take it for granted uh, election. OK. That, you know, people got to get out there and vote. Uh, and, and our labor community has to get out there and vote. And, and certainly, um, you know, that's, that's you know, obviously a big message. Uh, first, Ernest, I want to thank you, obviously, first of all, for doing what you do for your members, okay? I can't think of anybody stronger and, so, and any, anybody with more, you know, conviction and passion than you to lead this city in, 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 in our, in our blue-collar workers um, in, in, in their, you know, very... Uh, challenging jobs and very, you know, uh, you know, upfront jobs. Okay. They're in the face of, of a lot of difficult things. And, and of course, as always, we appreciate you being on the labor show with Jay Dot and Krause. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure to have a conversation with you guys. We, and, uh, our home is always open for you guys. Well, we appreciate it. Uh, it, 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 and, and likewise, we're your platform and your voice as well. Uh, we'll have more from the labor show with Jay Dot and Krause, Frank Halbert up next. Hey everyone, this is Krause of Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor, proudly presented by Jim Stevenson of Chapman Ford on the Boulevard. Buying your next car online is just a call, click, or email away. Let Jim Stevenson handle your union family's next purchase right from the convenience of your home. Email Jim right now at jstevenson at chapmanautogroup.com. Remember, if you're a member of the building trades, contact Jim Stevenson at 215-698-7000, option number six. If your union is a member of the AFL-CIO, contact Jim Stevenson at 215-698-7000. Buy your next vehicle or lease your fleet right now online from the only man in Philadelphia that has supported every union effort with unconditional effort. Jim Stevenson of Chapman Ford on the Boulevard says, Union, yes. Get the Stevenson difference. He supports and drives the union community. Uh, welcome back to The Labor Show with J. Dot and Krause. Uh, many thanks to Ernest Garrett, uh, president here at DC 33, representing our blue-collar workers. Um, and I, I can say this, a, a more powerful conversation 
and 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 strength and leadership you will not find. And so, um, really want to thank him. And I'm ecstatic to bring into the program Frank Halber, the Secretary Treasurer here at DC 33. How are you, sir? Joe, how you doing today, Joe? Always a pleasure to be with you guys. The, the pleasure is certainly ours, and and uh, you know, very strong conversation with with, with Ernest. Um, and you know, you, I. I uh, feel the same way uh, in, in regards to your passion for the leadership of, of, of the members here. Um, having said that, uh, you know, we got a lot of things coming up and things that, that, that you know, you're, uh, you know, passionate about. And, and uh, one of the things that, 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 you know, we talk about that the frontline workers and, and, and the strength of the, uh, of the workforce and, and, and the conditions and the challenges, um, you have, there's, there's a, a piece of legislation that, that you want to talk about, if you would jump on that. Yeah, Joe, uh, House Bill, uh, Pennsylvania House Bill 299 is a, a public sector OSHA bill. And it passed the House, and now it's going to the Senate. I believe it's Senate Bill 99. But I'm urging all our members to call to get um, uh, OSHA protections for public sector workers. And and let's, let, and let's and let's uh, talk. You know, we've talked about it in the past. It's almost odd that we even have to have this conversation. OSHA uh, is, is the organization, the federal organization that you know is covers health and safety. Uh, across the United States. So I know when I was an iron worker, we would, you know, everybody, you know, if you're, 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 the word OSHA, um, and we were, you know, you, you had to always be tied off. You had to, um, there was a lot of safety regulations and they covered them and, and it kept everybody on their toes. But if you're a city worker, okay, you're not covered by those no, protections. You're I no, mean, you're not, Joe. Like I, I come out of the parking authority. I'm a, he- a heavy record driver and uh, we clean up highway accidents. And like a private guy might come and assist, and I'm on a highway with cars flying by. It's a dangerous situation. Oh, yeah. But at the same time, the private guy's got OSHA uh, protections, where me as a public sector does not have OSHA protections. It makes no sense to me. I mean, I just think we're doing the same job, same dangerous job. And by the way, violence on public sector workers are like I, I think I think the numbers like 60% higher on uh, public sector workers than private sector workers. Because we're out there in the public, and I've listen. We've, we've been reading about violence, about the, the ticket writer that we say shot in Frankfurt. Uh, um, well, talk about that, Frank. Because and 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 the the, the the area of of which you as when when, when you were running the sub local, okay, and and now um, uh, you know we have Omar, you know, Omar's in there, right? Omar, uh, talk about the, you know what what. Uh, tick, you know, ticket uh, writers talk talk about the individuals that you're talking about, and you know that are out there dealing with the public on a daily basis. Well, and like I say, district council. I mean, Joe, you guys know we got people all over the streets, sanitation, whatever. We're all over the city of Philadelphia, right. so we are an object. They see us more than they might see a private employer, oh, right? And uh, again. There's really, uh, uh, there's no fines or anything to attack a municipal worker that I'm aware of. No higher fines than uh, anybody else. And I go back to ticket writing. You're, sometimes you're ticking and towing someone's second biggest possession, fellas. You know, it's your house, it's your car. So then people are not happy. And we're not towing Lamborghinis and Maseratis. Them guys aren't, um, uh, like, trying to shave a quarter by running into a store. It's the guy right. with the 92 Honda that yeah. can least afford to be towed are the people we're towing. Right. So the violent part of it concerns me greatly, especially in, in, say, ticket writing. Yeah, I mean, that, that 
It would level the playing field for workers if it can if we can get it through the Senate House. And and again, I just it, urge all workers to call your your senator and push this bill through and why, help us. Why hasn't um, OSHA been you know uh, you know what has created that situation where o, where OSHA's protections don't cover city workers? Well, what, I, now I could be wrong about this, Joe, but what I believe is a private sector is a company, a private entity that right. they can go after. Where, in our case, it's the government itself that are, is our employer. Right. So I believe, I mean, what's the government going after the government? Right. Uh, yeah, well, I, don't see that. I don't foresee and, that happening. And, and it's interesting, though, but who suffers because of that? Correct, a worker. Yes, yeah, so the work. And as we listen, I said, I was at a press conference today. I go to Workers Memorial Day every year. We have 300 people, workers, die every year in a tri state area. Right. Well, we have no OSHA protections, and I, I truly believe with all my heart, if there were OSHA protections in the public sector, that number would be greatly reduced. And you could walk down Workers Memorial Day, and you see unsafe conditions of uh, guys working on uh, Delaware Avenue. It's well, insane. Well, you mentioned Workers Memorial, and you and I have talked about it, and I know yeah. safe public, uh, you know, that the, the, the safety of our workforce is a priority. Um, anybody who hasn't been to the Workers Memorial, okay, you want to be sobered up quickly. Yeah, it's a, and you know what? It's a, you know what? Mother Mary Jones said, uh, uh, "We pray for the dead and fight like hell for the living." Yep. I mean, it says it all. I've been going to Workers Memorial Day for twenty years, and over the course of that time, there have been people who have died that I've known, right. or people I've worked with that have died. Of course, this time, for and some of them could have been prevented. In my humble opinion, some of them could have been prevented. Well, I, you know, ironically, the last time I had uh, been there, I and I might have told you, but I'm not sure. So I was a union iron worker, and we, we lost a man on one of the bridges, okay? And there was some kind of a malfunction uh, with a, a crane or some kind of piece of equipment. Ironically, I didn't know him, but his placard was the one, you know, and they give you one, and I'm like, oh, my yes, gosh. The one you read out that day, right? That's right. Yes. And so the ceremony, and, 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 and we always say, and that saying, like you just said, you know, uh, Pray for the dead, fight like hell for the living. Um, you, you know who attends those those uh, that workers' yep. memorial are the families of those who lost, who went to work, okay, but did not come home. Now imagine this. Um, I can tell you this straight up. You know, and, and and it's amazing. You know, when I was a, a young snotty kid uh, working on the steel, you know, oh, I don't feel like tying off, or I don't feel like uh, you know, we, in, in in our iron workers trade, we had something called Christmas tree. Right now, I very rarely, you know, would you ever see anybody do it, but you do it when a company's in a hurry to get uh, steel up. So what they do is they tie one piece, of, they, they hook on one piece of steel and another piece of steel underneath of it, and maybe even three, and it would come down, and sometimes you'd lose the, the strain on it, and it would fall on the workers, right? And and there, we lost many men on that. Well, different types of situations. When you know, when when you're a young dude, you think you can do anything. Invincible. Okay. That's right. I was there. You, 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 yeah. We all right, and so these work, these OSHA protections uh, protect our workers, uh, you know, from you know dangerous conditions. Number one, from ourselves, okay, yeah. and and because yeah. we're all, you know, everybody can do whatever they want, and of course, from a, a situation where you know, and this is not that situation, but private companies, somebody's in a hurry. Okay, and or you know they just educate you on the proper ways to do things. They make sure so that, like we always talk about, Frank, when you go to work, you come home. You're you're out Absolutely. there to, 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 to that you've been a, that that's been a, a priority. Um, 
you, you know, for you, it's been one of the issues that you've, you know, in, in a sense, have been dedicated to for such a long time. What, any, any, uh, you, you know, where, you, just well, it's a million dollar question of how to keep employees safe. And, um, I don't have the answer yet, Joe, but you're right. It has been a concern to me many, many years now, especially coming out of the parking authority where we have many uh, assaults on ticket riders, on tow truck drivers, what have you. And I've spent many nights in a hospital or or in a a police district. Uh, The answer, I don't know, Joe. I don't know what the answer is, but, I mean, uh, this is a perfect storm with COVID and everything that, uh, I mean, like I heard Ernie talking about 911 operators with the cardboard, and he's right. Crime didn't stop. Our people had to keep coming to work, but uh, criminals were still out there. COVID didn't stop them or slow them down. They were still out there. So I don't know what the answer is to be safe. If it was, I'd give it to these people. But well, it, do, it does keep me up at night. Yeah, no, no question about it. Um, and, and by the way, is there, are there statistics? Well, by the, as you well know, there was a damn TV show. In other words, it, it's so the conditions are so stressful and so difficult they had the, uh, the the TV show. You know, they don't put a TV show on TV if there's not a lot of stuff happening. So referring to Parking Wars? Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, there was a TV show. I was on, on it. Yes, yes, yes. I, but are, I there st- are there statistics, Frank? We have we got a list here at the Union of uh, Incidents and Accidents. I think they come over once a month, a local, Darnell Davis. He, he gets them and goes over them. He goes and meets with management and... I've been set in numerous meetings with, with the PPA management because they, listen, they're on board too. They don't they don't know they don't want their people out there getting hurt. They they get it. I mean, I don't always agree with the parking authority, but when it comes to safety and police, they do get it. So we have had numerous health and safety meetings over there. But again, how do you keep a, a an employee safe? I don't know. Besides taking off your uniform when you're done your shift. I mean, I tell them that all the time. Don't cop on the subway with a PPA uniform. But, but, but are there statistics on how many people get injured a year? I mean, is it is it a weekly thing? Oh, there, there are statistics. And off the top of my head, I don't know what the numbers are, but I know Darnell gets numbers from them every month about, like I say, incidents or accidents. Absolutely. Or assaults for that. I mean. So having said, and that, and that House bill again is? Um, House bill 299, Senate bill 99. And they can, and people can. Please call your senator. Uh Keep calling. Push it through. We need this. If you're a public sector worker, this is we've been fighting for this for many years. And, I, I mean, i got to give a shout-out to Tom Tosti. Tom Tosti's from the Central Labor Council. I know Tom. Yeah, Tom's a good man. And Tom runs the, uh, the FLCIO public sector uh, meeting. And Tom's a, he's a bulldog man. And, uh, um, and just a shout-out to him because he's been fighting this himself for a long time. And I'm just a cohort trying to fight with him. Having said that, um, there's uh, uh, other issues. Is there, uh, you know, that that that, that are well, prioritized? Well, Joe, I just want to mention real quick. We have a couple uh, library assistants that work at the Winfield Library. Oh yeah, and they started um, a room for children with sensory issues, and in the case we're dealing with children and adults with autism out there, and they call it and uh, uh, the program is called Autism Three Sixty Five. And, guys, if you ever get a chance to go out there, it's amazing what they're doing out there. So having said that, they're having a gala December 16th at the main branch of the library um, on Vine Street. And their goal is to buy uh, sensory iPads for children that can come in 
what we want is we, we don't want children dealing with something that feel out of place. They're already feeling out of place. Sure. Let them come in. Let them have a, a little spot and enjoy themselves. Libraries used to, I mean, that's what libraries are. Enjoy yourself. So if we can get a couple iPads here with sensory functions on it, it would go a long way, and it would be more welcome to people dealing with these issues. By the way, we, I think we had the ladies on the program last year. Yes, that's that, right. Mary and Ethel. That's correct. Mary, that's yes. right. We had to get them off there because they were doing so well. We thought we, <laughs> was like, we're going to lose our jobs. Right <laughs> yeah. But, um, no, that, it, 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 you know, it's such a... Uh, you know, amazing thing what they do, and you're such a big supporter. I remember you giving me a call and saying we got to get the, you know, get this event uh, exposure, uh, and and, um, and so we just loved having them on. So again, the information on the event uh, it's called Autism 365 Gallus on December 16th, which is a Saturday. Uh, invites are going out or our letters are going out and it is at the main branch uh, I guess it's on Vine Street what's this 1800 Vine 18th yeah. and Vine something yeah. yeah which the city was nice enough to let us use the lobby because it's a partnership again it's a partnership it's these ladies running with it it's all their idea yeah. but it is a partnership between the union and the city and these ladies to get some resources for children who need it they do a, they do a great job great job uh, one of the things that Krause and I both did when we started the show a decade ago was we wanted to, we wanted to, uh, you know, get out the charitable events and the giving back. Okay. Um, and you know, you have a heavy responsibility, Frank, you, you know, uh, you know, and, and you, I listen to Ernest and his, um, his passion and, and, and what, um, you know, the issues that you deal with on a daily basis. But a lot of the things people don't know, aside from, you know, you know, this, this, the, the things that, you know, that, that sometimes you read in the paper, but also, you know, the, you know, the uh, solidarity and, and, and fighting for our rights and, 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 and our working conditions and our, and our benefits and our pay are the charitable endeavors that are so important um, and, and such a priority and uh, giving back to the community. Just, and Krause and I were dedicated to making sure that, you know, that didn't go unnoticed because, you know, it was so awesome that you had brought, you know, you would, you know, called us and said, listen, I want to, you know, get, get some airtime for these, these fantastic people. Okay. But also, and, and their event, but, um, you know, and, and, and to help every way we possibly can talk about, you know, the, the importance, if you would, you know, just even in labor with, 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 uh, giving back to the community and, and doing those things to help others who are, who are less fortunate. Well, Joe, in our case, being District Council 33 members, we're, we live in the city, we work in the city, uh, we coach in the city. We are literally uh, members of our own community, each and every worker here at District Council 33. So that's why it's important to take care of our communi communities. I mean, we started, under Ernest's uh, direction, we started a members action team. We cleaned up numerous neighborhoods. Um, we worked with Catherine Gilmer Richardson, a councilwoman, Catherine Gilmer Richardson, and I believe we fed over 20,000 people uh, at the height of the pandemic. Every Wednesday for at least two years we were out there. So, uh, again, it is our community. It, it, would I have this fight in me if, if I was going to help somebody, I don't know, in Cinnamons in New Jersey? Probably not. But everyone that, like on the members action team, the ladies at the library, it's our community. We not only work here, we live here. And uh, we wanted to thrive. Well, Frank, I want to uh, thank you, uh, obviously, for, you know, I'm, being on the program, but also for what you do for the members uh, and, and, and your passion and, and, and 
um, you know, your commitment to, 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 you know, to helping, uh, you know, these essential men and women, uh, along with Ernest Garrett, um, you know, to, 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 you know, work with dignity and, and, and have the benefits to pay and, and the conditions that they do. Frank Halber, Secretary Treasurer here at District Council 33, thanks so much for being on the broadcast. Thanks, fellas. It's always a pleasure. Uh, we're going to have uh, more from the Labor Show with Jay Dot and Krause in just a minute. Navigating group Medicare health plans can be overwhelming. Our friends at Labor First, a division of Retiree First, work with plan sponsors to design and manage Medicare plans for union retirees, keeping costs low without compromising member experience. Retirees can keep their retirement stress-free by calling a dedicated advocate who will guide them through their health plans and answer their questions. Preserve the health benefits that retirees deserve at retirefirst.com. I'm back here on The Labor Show with J-Doc and Krause. Good conversation, J-Doc, with Frank Halper and Ernest Garrett today. Um, A lot to be learned uh, from today's broadcast. Um, And the importance of the upcoming election. I thought that your chatter with uh, Ernest about um, DC 33 supported candidate uh, Sherelle Parker uh, was important. And I hope that, assuming Sherelle Parker is the next mayor of the city, I hope that she comes in and gets something done. Well, DC 33 deserves it. Let me tell you something. Uh, and the city of Philadelphia deserves yeah. to have this uh, quality of, of, of workforce that we have. Um, but really staggering was, was Ernest's uh, frank conversation about the wages that these absolutely essential members, that if they stopped, if they went on strike, Lives would be changed, stopped in the track. There's no, there's no debate in that. And so I hope our mayoral candidates and, and, and our, our, our next mayor is listening to this broadcast because, man, I'm shocked, okay? And I'm really appreciative that Ernest Garrett you know, and, and, and Frank Halber are, 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 leader, are the leadership here at DC 33 because let me tell you something. Um, we need strong leaders and these members deserve strong leaders, and that's what they have. And I do want to say one thing before we go about uh, Frank Haber. I mean, you're talking about um, an, an individual talk, you know, who is, uh, you know, talking about health and safety. Okay, who's in, in, involved in? And we talked about workers' memorial and all those things. He wants to make sure that those workers, once they, you know, obviously get the pay that they deserve and 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 have the conditions that they that they so uh, richly deserve, come home for work from work. Okay, in the same way that they left for work to provide for their family. So I just, this has just been a great show, Joe, with great people. Yeah, the other important thing from your conversation with Frank is the House bill um, and getting that- 299. House bill 299, getting that uh, through and passed. And I think Frank mentioned it once or maybe twice or perhaps even three times uh, during your interview. Just keep dialing the phone and put pressure uh, on your senator and let's figure out how to get that done. So, Public another workers one deserve of those, OSHA protection. Another one of those showstoppers for me. Wait a minute. I always try and look at things from a common sense perspective. Wait a minute. That doesn't make any sense. Why wouldn't there be protection for the public sector. Well, it doesn't make any sense well, to me. Let's let's end that. Let's end end that by getting it approved. Well, in a sense, Frank kind of said, "Well, maybe because they don't want to, f- you know, it's government uh, taxing government or or, or fining government." But we got to figure out a way to make it happen. These workers are going, and they're in unbelievably difficult situations. I mean, you know, uh, very physical jobs in your face, or very stressful jobs, uh, and and so these individuals deserve all the protections that everybody gets, as much or more than anybody. So, uh, it was a point well made. 
Indeed. That's going to do it for this edition of The Labor Show with J-Doc and Krause. Special thanks to Frank Halper. Special thanks to Ernest Garrett for being a part of uh, welcoming us in again to DC uh, 33 and to the audience out there. The next time you see or you encounter a city employee or a city worker, say thank you. And that is an exclamation point. Yeah. You know, on the point. You know, thank a city worker. And Sherelle Parker, if you truly are the next mayor of the city of Philadelphia, write the check for DC 33. See you next time, everybody. Hi, this is Mark Lynch, business manager, IBEW Local 98. Our members are the best educated, best trained electricians and technicians in the construction industry. Our electrical contractor partners do the job right. The first time, every time, safely, on time, and on budget. Find out why we're the best in the business. Visit us at www.ibew98.org.